So you're playing pickup basketball. This is one-on-one, and you're finally going to win. But then the older kid decides, you know what? Every shot he makes is worth five. Is that fair? This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this scenario, you're the Big 12, and the older kid is Brett Yormark. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day on today's show. We'll talk tiebreaker. We'll talk Washington State and Oregon State's big win in court and Kansas rallies to beat Kentucky in what felt like March. First and foremost, this is unfair. This this whole rule change thing and the way the Big 12 is pitched is they're not going to change the tiebreaker rule in the middle of the season, they're, they're going to clarify. They're going to make this easy to digest for everybody. But that, that's not exactly true. Barry Trammell, the report goes that Barry Trammell was talking to those in the Big 12 about what the tiebreaker looks like. And he made a good point. He said, wait a second. By rule right now, with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Oklahoma all tied, Iowa State in the conversation as well. Well, Oklahoma State has beaten Kansas State, and they've also beaten Oklahoma. So... Basically, if we go down the stretch and Iowa State loses to Texas, then Oklahoma State should get in, right? They beat those two teams. But what the Big 12 says, bear with me here a bit. You got a picture. What the Big 12 says is, well, since Oklahoma and Iowa State haven't played, Oklahoma and Kansas State have not played each other, then we can't exactly deduce who's going to break a three-way tie between Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Kansas State. And Trammell's point was, that's kind of weird. I mean, one of these teams beat both of them. Shouldn't they win the tiebreaker? And that's when the Big 12 goes, Huh, he's right. Our rules are confusing because instead of saying it's, you know, if you've got the head to head over two teams that you can advance, instead of saying that, the Big 12 said we're going to combine your record against other teams, your common opponents, or, or take you like they have a quasi strength of schedule thing they also look at. And now they've gone and said, you know what? It, 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 instead of doing the thing that we already had planned, instead of doing that, we're going to, we're going to quote, clarify a little bit. We're going to try to break it down for everybody. And what clarification reportedly means here is change the tiebreaker. I don't care if you're a TCU fan, a UCF fan, a BYU fan, a West Virginia fan. I don't care if this, this ball's not in your court. It doesn't play for you. And it doesn't matter for where you sit in Big 12 championship conversations. This is bad this is the you can't get to the middle of the of the, uh, of the season you can't get to the last two weeks of the season and say look we've had this thing in place and it had holes it was vague it was incorrect we're going to change it now it brings up kind of a, a weird sophie's choice of do you fix a really bad rule because that's what that's what it is if, if oklahoma state is held out despite beating kansas state and oklahoma when this whole thing shakes out that is not good. If they're in a three-way tie somehow and get left out over a team that they already beat, that is bad. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. But then the conversation becomes, do, do we try to get something right that was incorrect, or do we refrain from changing the rules at the very end of the season? When the, when the clock's about to strike midnight, we say, Whoop, let's just kind of mix this around, mix this around. All right, sweet. How's this? I... There's no clarification to it. You can't pitch it nicely as, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you earlier that uh, every shot that I shoot from right here beside this three is worth extra points. That's kind of what you're doing. And Robbie Triano, who I'm sure you all know, Sirius XM Big 12 Radio for a while, made a great point. There's not a serious conference 
There's not a serious conference that gets to the very end and says, ah, yeah, uh, this rule kind of sucked. Let's change it in the middle of the year. So right now, since Oklahoma State owns head-to-head wins over both those schools, they should easily go to the Big 12 championship. Not necessarily because the way the tiebreaker is, the way that you pull the exact tiebreaker from from the because you have the whole like what is your record against the next highest place common opponent in the big 12 standings and your win percentage against all common conference opponents and combined win percentage in conference games of conference opponents or your strength of conference schedule it already doesn't make a lot of sense no one asked questions they threw this together with 14 teams hope the best and now that we've gotten two weeks away from having to know what's going to happen the big 12 could pee right down its leg and say uh we're gonna have to change it you can't do that. You can't be taken seriously as a conference moving forward and say, you know what? This rule we put in place was a bad rule. Yeah, sure it was, but you already put it in place. Everybody is playing with this in mind. Everybody has this in mind. When a reporter, when a conversation with Barry Tramble is what has put you in this scenario, it wasn't a, hey, the Big 12 has sat down and decided. Here's the correspondence. Here's what Barry Trammell says. Last week, I corresponded with the Big 12 source to get clarification on what that tiebreaker meant. Our exchange kept confusing me, but I eventually was told that because OU and K-State did not play each other, this is per Trammell, OSU's sweep of the Sooners and Wildcats was nullified, which again, we can all agree is stupid. All agree is stupid. Trammell says, silly, but at least I had confirmation. Then Monday, he was told by the Big 12 that the Saturday night conversation with Trammell caused further discussion of the conference office. So here's how this went. Somebody, all right, Barry, uh, yep, 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 this, this, and this, and click. And then he sits back and goes, oh, this is a little stupid, isn't it? Hey, you guys, uh, is this stupid? And they all agree, you know, it kind of is. Well, what if we just uh, said that we were going to clarify the rule and actually changed it? Would that benefit Oklahoma? No. Would it hurt Oklahoma? Ah, probably. It put them in a worse spot here. Would it hurt Kansas State? Yeah, probably. Now, should it? Yeah, absolutely, because Oklahoma State has beaten both of those teams. Was it the rule? No. Can you change the rule right beforehand? I don't think so. You can't be serious about it. Changing your rules. So so what's worse? This is the question of what's worse. And Football Scoop asked this. I, I quoted it. Not changing your rules to reward the team that obviously should be rewarded or recognizing your mistake and changing your rules midseason. This is the first time we've ever had to deal with this in the Big 12. This is the massive stink that has come with having 14 teams no divisions, no way to work out how a clear tie break, no way to work out a clear tie break. And as we sit right now, the the entire rule has a hole in it. You botched this. You botched it poorly. But now, who do you save? Do you save yourself? Do you save yourself by doing the right thing, the, maybe the, the most common thing and keeping the rule where it is? Or do you save the... Do you try to show that, look, we see where we went wrong and we want to fix it? Is it too late? That becomes the question. Is it too late? The Big 12 is going to change its tie-breaking rules midseason. They're going to meet in a conference call today with all the schools, and they're going to look at them, and they're going to say, you know what? We got it wrong. I think we're going to change it. That's what I predict. I predict that's going to be the case. By the time you listen to this show, it might already be the case that they've done that. I would be shocked at this point with these murmurs. The Big 12 was like, yeah, we were just kidding. No clarification. Uh, Sorry, guys. It was confusing from the start. I wish somebody would have pointed this out. I wish that it wasn't Barry Trammell on November you know, 10th that finally brought this up. But somebody else, could have been me, could have been you, would have said something. Because this is stupid. Ugh. This is also hey, coming up 
Washington State, Oregon State win in court. But what does that do? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by those over at Jace Medical. Jace Medical, a proud sponsor of Locked On Big 12. And I want to thank them for being a sponsor of today's show. Now, look, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to read you this verbatim. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Who starts, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection. Today, I want to chat a little bit more personal. I just learned you can get a a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means. Bring on the extended travel. Bring on the natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generic for Cialis, Cialis, Viagra, Revideo prescription. I don't even know what those are. This is possible. I'm 22. This is possible because our friends at Jace Medical go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply, your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service. Supply chain issues cause me to cut pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. Highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love need to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, any daily med, go to jakesmedical.com to see if this offer is for you. Remember, use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. All caps locked on. So Washington State, Oregon State, they got their day in court and they won. They walked away victorious. But what does that mean exactly moving forward? Now, you're going to hear from a lot of sources that in this, there is uh, there is no way that they get control of the conference moving forward when it comes to the playoff picture. In that being said, they won't get $300 million that you and I talked about a month ago. That isn't exactly the case. Because even Kirk Schultz has come out and said, yeah, we try to do it on more of a school-to-school basis. But... If you look at the way the rules are written for 2023-24, which is next year, which is the year they'll still control the assets because there is a a whole deal with this grace period. Let let, let me unpack. Give me 30 seconds here to try to explain it to you like I'm five and you're five. Washington State, Oregon State, everybody else leaves. Those two schools say we want control of where this conference goes from here. No more big board meetings with everybody. It's just us to decide the future of a conference that has just us. The The law says, you know what? Sure, that sounds pretty reasonable. We'll give it to you. Three, four hundred million dollars in assets this year. You guys decide what you want to do with this moving forward. The NCAA has gifted them a grace period of a few years. They have until 2027 to try to figure out what they're going to do with the Pac-12. And until then, they can still be the Pac-12. Those two teams. Now, the way the college football playoff committee has written the rules of the college football playoff is the revenue sharing for this goes to power conferences. They're going to give an estimate of $300 million, $320 million to every power conference. And again, if you're keeping up, the NCAA still recognizes the Pac-12 as a power conference due to their grace period. Who's in that power conference? Washington State and Oregon State. With that, with them being the two members of a power conference, the way that it's written in the rules for the college football playoff is the revenue distribution would go in full. That conference would go in full to those two schools. I have not seen a documentation, legal documentation, that says that's not the case. You heard from Ross Dellinger that now the college football playoff committee is wanting to go to a five plus seven format. 
Again, unpacking, that means four power conferences get an automatic bid. The fifth, that that five part of the five plus seven, that fifth team is going to be the best group of five school in America. The other seven are at-large bids. Right now, it's a six and six format. Five power conference teams, one, the, the best not group of five conference team, and then six at-large. That's it. The six plus six as we, as we speak. Now, guess what? If we want to go with Dellinger's reporting and say that, okay, now we're going to change it to a five plus seven, you have to vote unanimously for everybody to do that. The problem with voting unanimously is that Kirk Stoltz, the president of Washington State, is on the college football playoff committee, and he's not going to vote for his school to get the shaft. He's not going to vote for this five plus seven. What if he can keep it at six plus six by rule? What's written right now, his conference exists because the NCAA says it does. They have to let his team in. Now, you at home can say that doesn't make any sense. And you're right. How could you pick from two teams? These are just two teams in a conference. You can't give one of them an automatic bid. That makes no sense. It does, that should work. But it is. See, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you say. Well, okay, well, this makes the most sense. It's not law. There are contracts. There's a legal proceedings that occurred already to establish what the college football playoff committee is. And now further legal proceedings that have established, you know what, of the money, of the voting power, of the decision-making for the rest of the conference, we give all of that to Oregon State and Washington State. Everybody else left. Now, I want to mention this. I do want to mention this. Those teams that left the Pac-12 broke their grant of rights by announcing it before the date where it was legal, right? Before going to midnight and saying, all right, see you guys later. So you're being, they're being punished. These teams are being punished for giving notice, for putting in their two weeks. They're being punished for breaking the rules so that they could get a jump ahead of this thing. That's where it gets really funky to me of, okay, so is it bad? If you, if you announce on the front end and try to give everybody time to figure things out, then you get punished by not being able to control assets. So wait a second. Wait a second. The money that Oregon brought in this year, that USC brought in this year, now a judge has ruled that they don't get to see that? But that, now that Oregon State and then Washington State, they're going to get they're going to get to control that because that school broke the rules. But had they not broken the rules, had they told you the day of, hey, yeah, we're leaving, what would that debacle have looked like? Does it make sense how confusing that is? How trying to piece this together is something that's very complex and complicated? The problem that I keep going back to, and I, I know you're going to see, you'll see videos, Kirk Schultz saying, yeah, we try to make it more of a team thing. And, and you'll hear Ross Dellinger come out and say, hey, what about the five, five plus seven is the way we're going to move. You hear all that stuff. And here's what I keep coming back to. It doesn't matter what these talking heads say. It doesn't matter what these people say. It doesn't matter what I say outside of what is written in the college football playoff committee's rules. There are already outlines for what to do in these scenarios. A judge, a judge has ruled on what to do in a scenario with Washington State and Oregon State. I can't change that. You can't change that. There is an appeal process, but I'm not hanging my hat on that right now. Head hat on that right now. I'm confident, confident that what is written right now is in favor of Washington State and Oregon State holding on to Leverage. It's that leverage word that makes me think they've still got a shot at going to a Big Ten, uh, a, a, a Big 12, an ACC. That there's still an opportunity to do that. Now, do I want those two teams? Well, we, we've kind of talked about the markets and TV and Washington State brings a lot. What can Oregon State bring you? Well, they're good at football right now. What have you done for me lately? But that's not really the way these deals work. It, and it, I want to go back to this. 
Do you want those two teams in the Big 12? Do you want Washington State and Oregon State? Now they have money. Now they have leverage. The way that's written, they'll be rich the next couple of years. Do you want to try to strike a deal with them to bring some of that leverage, you know, for them to use their leverage to bring some of that power over to the Big 12? And if the answer is yes, good news. They're going to be able to use leverage to make a move like that. If your answer is no, it's kind of too bad. Right now, they've got, they've got legally, they've got power. No matter what I say, no matter what you say, no matter what I want, no matter what you want, these teams can operate around it because of what a judge has granted them and what the college football playoff has granted them, what the NCAA has granted them. Nobody thought at the beginning that they did the same damn thing as the Big 12 tiebreaker. Nobody sat around and thought, oh, shoot, we should probably not make these rules so bad. And now you got to pay for it. And if you want to you change those rules, you got to get around Kirk Schultz, who's the president at Washington State. That's complex. Hey, you know what's not complex? Kansas being good at basketball. It's kind of normal. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go for all of my sports betting needs. I love to do the wagering. I went in last night on a live bet. Kansas and Kentucky threw 20 bucks in the Kentucky uh, on the Kansas Jayhawks against Kentucky, I should say. In the second half, it was 20 to win 42. Bang, cashed. Right now, new customers get $100 free, $153 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Again, it's an app. You just download the FanDuel app. It's so easy. Or go on your desktop to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that $150 in bonus bets with your $5 winning money line bet at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Kansas Jayhawks being good at basketball, death, taxes, and that. But this wasn't just any win. This was stupid, impressive. They're trailing by 12 in the second half against a Kentucky team that looked surprisingly good to me. I I don't know if I was ready for such a youthful team to be so sharp in their first major game this season. I was a little blown away with how they came out of the gate with them leading late into this game. I didn't know if Kansas could surmount that at the very end. Remember, they're still learning to play. Some of these guys are still learning to play together. But the fact that you have guys like Kevin McCullough out there, I'm not even going to mention Hunter Dickinson first. It's Kevin McCullough. 39 minutes and 59 seconds. That's how long it took. He got a triple-double. 12 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. It's only the third triple-double in Kansas basketball history. May I remind you, the man that invented this sport started his coaching career at Kansas. Or I don't know if he started, but he coached at Kansas. Was a bad coach, by the way. This is the first in Kansas history, the first triple-double to feature assists. That's for Rock Chalk blog on Twitter. I, I use a lot of great follow, by the way, for trying to follow along with Kansas basketball, who seems to be not just seems to be, they are. They are the team to beat in the Big 12 right now. Kevin McKellar, third triple-double in KU history. Dewan Harris, 23 points, career high and seven assists. He has stepped up nicely into somebody that Kansas is going to have to lean on, and then there's Hunter Dickinson, career high. He just did. We already knew his name, right? The Michigan kid, One of the best players in college basketball. We all already knew who he was. He didn't have to prove anything, but he's gone out and set two career highs in the same game. 
27 points, 21 rebounds. You're down by a dozen. And that team that's still trying to piece it together, still trying to figure out, okay, what is this new leadership role for Dewan Harris, where he's not the spark plug guy off the bench and he's actually getting a lot of playing time. How does he fit into that? Well, pretty darn well. And, and I was, again, the, the most impressive part of this is how Kentucky came out of the gates swinging. How Kentucky was so good. You, you hold a guy like DJ Wagner for one for 12. You hold holding one for 12. Antonio Reeves had a was seven for 25. My notes, I circled seven for 25, three for 17 from deep. You're forcing guys into bad shots defensively, and it's that defense that's going to help Kansas win down the stretch. Six for 18 from three was enough. 27 for 36 from the free throw line. That was enough. Eight offensive rebounds to Kentucky's 15. You you lost the offensive rebounding battle, but your defensive rebounding was 10 plus what Kentucky was. You, you point at what Kansas was able to do in this ballgame. 22 assists to Kentucky's 14, seven steals, four blocks. They didn't force the turnovers. They didn't force turnovers. The rebounding wasn't perfect. But more than anything, you got to the doorstep of the game. You got to the doorstep of the game, and you found a way to win. Savvy shooting, you found a way to win. This is not just a dangerous Kansas team. This is one of the... Uh, this is the best starting five, I think, in college basketball. Kansas has the best starting five in college basketball. Where they will trip up is depth. Listen to the starting minutes. The minutes of the starters, I should say. Listen to the minutes of the starters. For Adams, 27 minutes. 27 minutes for K.J. Adams, and that is on the low end. Hunter Dickinson, 37 minutes. DeWan Harris Jr., 38 minutes. Marco Jackson, 24 minutes. Low end, Kevin McCullough, 37 minutes. The guys came off the bench, 8, 12, 4, 13. Team like Baylor, they have a ton of depth this year. They're going to give teams fits because of the depth. They're going to give Kansas fits because of the depth. But then you say that and you think, where does depth matter the most? To me, it's at the end of the game. To me, it's when you need a breather. And where was Kansas in that scenario? Down by six. You know, you're at the five-minute mark. You're down by six. Now is where you need the depth. No, not Bill Self's Jayhawks. Clutch shooting. Very smart, fundamental, and savvy play down the stretch. And you win a game that, to me, felt like March. You win a game, 89-84, that felt like March down by seven at the break. You outscore Kentucky by 12 in the second half. You make the free throws that matter. You get the rebounds that matter. Neutral site. And I really believe it is a Kentucky team. that's going to finish the season in the top 10 of college basketball. They're going to be a two or a three seed, maybe even a one seed when the young core or at least a new core of guys puts it together. You saw how athletic and stupid good their starting five is. Their depth is not great. That's going to be a kryptonite for them as well. But right now, the five they had on the floor, I was blown away with Kentucky. As impressed as I was with Kansas, I was blown away with Kentucky, which means that I was doubly impressed with what Kansas did to win this game. There's just... And look, maybe you're not a Kansas fan. Maybe you think they're cheaters and you go, oh, I hate that I'm going to have to listen about Kansas. But look, when a team is good, Right, I went to a basketball rival school. The only reason they're recent rivals is because Baylor was so good. But you, you just game's got to recognize game. You got to respect game. You look across the way and go, you know what? That team's good. And they are the kings of the Big 12. They're going to win the Big 12 championship. You can't convince me otherwise until something else happens. You can't convince me otherwise until it doesn't happen. It's all Kansas this year in the Big 12. They proved that. They are the best starting five. 
They might not be the deepest team that could get them in, in that could give them fits and get them in trouble. But it didn't last night. They outlasted Kentucky in the end. Very impressed with Kansas basketball. It's Bill Self, man. He's going to be doing it for 10 more years, just dominating people. The dude is crazy, stupid good. Another national championship caliber team, not just Big 12 championship, national championship caliber team. This is a national championship caliber program. Took a Benadryl earlier and a steroid today. Yeah. They're warring against each other, you know, every three minutes, like I'm trying to fall asleep. In the other three minutes, I'm just wired. Thanks for sticking around with me, huh? This has been It Always Will Be. Come back tomorrow. We'll beat the books. Talk a little more about this Big 12 changing their rule stuff. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Doce Grande.